Hey everybody, welcome to the Words of Vikram podcast. It's Wednesday, April 12th, and we are all the way up to episode 5 of the show. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, another reason behind my excitement is that I just got back from Spain and I had the most wonderful time there. Those of you who follow me on the Instagram, as I like to call it, probably saw some of the photos. And again, those photos are just a fraction of how awesome it was to be there. But, you know, let's definitely, I want to open the show and talk about talk about Spain. And I covered a little bit of territory while I was in Spain, but I'm going to specifically talk about Madrid. And it's I think it's one of the most beautiful capital cities in Europe and probably doesn't get the the press that it deserves. And maybe that's why it's so nice that not a lot of people know that it's it's just awesome. It was it's a it's a great national capital and also has one of the coolest airports out there, the Adolfo Suarez uh Barajas Airport, the Madrid Airport, is probably I would say my second favorite airport in the world as far as design and usability and how beautiful it is. Number one is always going to be Changi in Singapore, and I know I blabbed about it last time. But if the world could just copy and paste Changi and Madrid airports and just recreate them everywhere, I think aviation would be would be a, in a better place. People would be happier going to the airport and getting out of airports Uh and talking about, uh, let's dive straight into bad airports. So I, I flew out of the Atlanta airport. And those of you who have had the displeasure or the the misfortune of going through Atlanta, it it is one of the really badly designed airports out there. And no matter how much pride you have, you know, if you're from Atlanta, you're pride in Atlanta, a great town, but not a good airport. There's there's no there's no reasoning here. It's it's not a matter of preference. It's just nothing ever works out on time at, at at the Atlanta airport, at least not for me. And it has consistently been a disappointment, which is, you know, it's really sad considering it's the busiest airport in the world, you would think. Uh, now I know why it's the busiest airport in the world. <laughs> it just takes, uh, it takes forever for anything to happen on time there, right? So, but, you know, the Atlanta airport horror aside, when I did make it to Madrid, eventually, you know, it's 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 spring. It's just the best time of year. The weather is perfect. It's not too hot, not too cold. It's perfect. And uh, I stayed, actually stayed at an Airbnb this time, and it was really, really cool. The location was really awesome. Uh, I stayed in the center of town. Those of you who heard the last episode heard me blab about how important location is for me, and then also why I never get any status with any hotel chain because I just pick the location over anything else. So this is a, a perfect example of that, that the the Airbnb that I found was in the perfect location. It was in the La Latina uh, neighborhood and it was very close to the center of town, you know, the, the, the Puerta de Sol, which is the center of town or used to be the center of town, Plaza Mayor and and every place that I wanted to walk to was was right there. And I picked this place based off of that. It did help that it was a penthouse. So I had a, a balcony with a view. And, you know, like I said, I did post some photos on the Instagram <laughs> from there. But the big indulgence for me in, in Madrid and generally going to Spain was the food and it did not disappoint. Olive oil, coffee, you name it, the the best of ingredients. It was just 
I just ate my <laughs> ate my way around and walked a lot. And maybe that is the secret to European fitness is not just the awesome ingredients they have access to, but they also walk a lot. You know, you do end up walking way more than you would in any major metropolitan U.S. city. So did a lot of walking and, you know, just just enjoyed it. It just it was a very, very good experience. And then I, uh, of course, took in some culture. I did go to a flamenco show. I always wanted to see one. I've I've seen flamenco dancers on TV or on on travel shows, but I'd never seen a real performance. And I have to tell you guys, you, it's powerful. You know, it's not a gentle ballet. It's a very passionate dance. The movements, the music, the guitars, the 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 foot stomping, the just the noise and the, the it all just comes together. But, you know, not to get all NPR theater on you, but it it is a really good, <laughs> uh, let's just say it has an awesome production value. The what they achieve and what they what they do really puts puts in perspective the 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 Spaniard passion, right? It's only, you know, the flamenco is coming from a just a part of Spain. It's not all about Spain. But worldwide it's projected as you know one it's a it's a it's an icon for 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 Spain so when you go and see an actual performance you see oh okay you know oh now i see why why everybody picked this to put on the brochure <laughs> because it's just awesome so i i did that and then i i was not av- uh, aware and i'm not really good at museums but when i when i do get a chance i i do try and uh, take in some art, and then the best way to do that is, of course, to go to a really good museum. And the Prado Museum in Madrid, I have to say, is one of the better designed. It's like the whole, <laughs> I have to say, the airport to the museum, everything has been just planned out, <laughs> planned out so well that it was a joy just going there. When you have limited art background and knowledge like I do, you you really should hire a guide, and, and that's, that's what, what I did. So I could get all the subtle secret messages. And I have to tell you the paintings that are in, in the Prado Museum, everything has a story behind it. And there's some really iconic paintings that that I got to see. One really cool thing that I saw at the Prado Museum that I've never seen in any other museums. And I, yes, I've, I can count on how many, on my fingers, how many museums I've been through, but I've never seen somebody actually paint while they're in the museum, something that is either a sculpture or there was a gentleman dressed up really well and painting the actual corridor of the, the the front lobby of the Prado Museum. So that was very interesting that they let you just go in there with your supplies and you can actually replicate a painting that's in there. But they told us the requirements are you have to, there's a dress code, guys, like you cannot, you cannot show up in your shorts and flip flops and say you want to make a painting. So there's a process for it. But that was the first time I saw somebody actually painting inside a museum and painting another painting. It was like one of those, you know, surreal things where you see yourself painting something that's already on the wall. So moving on from the museum, there was also this amazing park there, Ritero, Ritero Park. I don't know if I'm saying it right, but it's it was really beautiful. And uh, one of the things I observed in Madrid was the sheer volume of pet dogs that's just everywhere. So every couple of seconds, I would turn around and there would be somebody walking their dog or playing with their dog or doing something. You know, you always spot a dog on a leash. So not wild dogs, but a lot of dogs on leashes. There were a lot of pets. So that was one of my my observations in Madrid was they really love dogs there and they they love to take them out to parks and walk them around. And then, of course, 
being in Spain was a perfect opportunity to practice or at least use some of the really bad Spanish that I that I know. And I have to say that you have to make an effort. And this is the same thing that I try and do when I travel. There, You have to learn a few phrases, guys. You cannot just show up hoping or praying that they would know English, right? You can, or your, or the language that you speak. So a little bit of effort goes a really long way. And, uh, you know, I was a little hesitant the first day, the second day, but, you know, by the third day, I was feeling pretty confident. So I was making conversations where, first of all, I could understand a lot more since I was in the environment. So this is kind of like a, a lesson here. If you really want to learn a language, I think, you know, Rosetta Stone and all those, they're all great, but, there's no better way to learn than actually go and live there and then you don't really have an option, right? You have to learn or you have to try and understand what people are saying. And I really was able to use the limited, the very limited Spanish that I know. And I was very proud of that. So so yeah, Madrid was was awesome. I did a train ride. I actually took a train from Madrid to Seville. And I'm going to talk about Seville on my my next podcast. Uh, that's like a whole different trip, right? A whole different part of Spain history. It's, it was a whole different trip. But the train station, again, you know, when I see high-speed rail, I get so jealous because, you know, these are those speeds that they're doing means we could translate it in, into the U.S. That that means that you could go from San Francisco to L.A. in like two hours and without having, you know, all the pain of going through airports. And then, of course, you know, DC to New York in, in, in less than an hour. And I get that jealousy that you, the envy, I call it the high speed rail envy that I get when I go there. So I really hope we get these trains in the US running one of these days, because that would really, you know, ease up the congestion at the airports, ease up the pain and misery of flying, which is, like I said, getting more painful every single week that I go to the airport, it's getting worse and worse to, to fly. But also on the road, it would really reduce the amount of people just just driving. So I did take a train out of the train station there, and it was just, again, beautifully designed, very well thought of. And uh, uh, Madrid went, you know, I'd, before I I had been through Madrid, so I'd just transited through Madrid. I'd never really gone out. But now I, I feel that it is one of, the, one of the, the great European cities because it does have its own vibe. It does have a lot of really cool things that I wasn't aware of. So the experience was pretty awesome. Moving on to the hardest thing last week. Uh, the hardest thing last week was counting the days that I, that I have to go back and I will not have access to this awesome food that I had in Madrid. So yeah, guys, that was the hardest thing for me to do last week is to look at the calendar and say, oh my God, in five more days, I'm not going to have access to this ham. I'm not going to have access to this this delicious bread and this tomato. So like I said, very food focused here. So I, uh, I, I that was the hardest thing for me last week. And uh, people have been listening. So thank you so much for people who are listening, because unlike the blog that I started in 2013, I think it took a while before I could get 50 of you to listen. But the podcast is is working a lot better in its first you know, few episodes we've done. So I really appreciate people who are listening and they're listening all over the world. So I got some play from New Zealand, from Dallas, from New York. So I really, really appreciate that people are taking the time off their busy of a hundred other things you have to do. You're, you're making the choice to hear me blab. So I really appreciate that. Thank you so much for it. 
which leads me into questions and answers. So people are getting a lot more comfortable with the Q&A, and I'm happy about that. So I got a really interesting uh, question uh, come in, a, a couple of those. So I'm going to try and cover three of those on this episode. So let's start out with question number one for this week for the Words of Vikram podcast. And the question number one is, for the podcast, I ask if I plan to spend $20,000 in advertising over the next year, what strategies should I use and how can I find someone who knows how to help me? I would also like to know where to hide a dead body near here. Never mind, Siri, help me out. <laughs> so, yeah, so very clever. Uh, I'm glad Siri was able to help you. I don't think so I can legally answer the second part of this question. But if you have 20K in advertising, where you should spend it? Well, a couple of things. First of all, all of your spend has to go into digital, right? Let's be clear on that. You shouldn't be printing anything. You shouldn't be doing anything that is that does not involve the internet I think a 20K investment, depending on how big your asset is, how many rooms you have, all of those considerations. So I have very little knowledge right now of the location or where this place is located or what their market is. You know, 20K is a huge amount of money if you are in upstate New York, but it's nothing if you are in New York City. So just to give you an example of the the impact the location has. But if that is the amount of money you have, I would definitely spend it on some advertising and probably, you know, this is a hotel or, or a B&B. So I would definitely spend the money on getting some really good content, some really good photos, and really having a really, uh, a current website. You know, you shouldn't, the website shouldn't look like it It was made years ago. So you, you do want to invest uh, most of this online, but the exact breakdown really depends on where you're located, your location, your competition, how many other people are doing or claiming to do what you do will have an impact on where you're spending. So as far as finding someone to help you out, depending on your operation and location, again, if you are comfortable working with someone local, I highly advise that. I'm also a huge fan of open source. So if you can invest in uh, non-branded technologies, please go ahead and do that and try and build and own all your digital assets. There's a whole 2,000-word article on this on, uh, on on the Words of Vikram blog, so you could read that. But yeah, just own your digital assets and spend the money online. That is my best answer for for this question, not knowing a lot of other things about your operation. So moving on, the second really interesting note that I got was about the article that I wrote where I talked about the shrinking value of hotel points, why I have not attained super platinum status with one of them, but I continue to stay at different brands at different times of year based on location. So, you know, as I I posted that, uh, I got this really awesome you know note that, it, that people liked it it was circulated and 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 it did get published but the note that i got was here and the note was what i'm starting to see is guests calling to ask questions and when i try to get the reservation they refuse saying they will book on expedia to get the points even when offered a lower rate hmm interesting right and it requested me to do a future article on OTA loyalty programs, which once I have enough data, I would do. But this is, see, and, and this is where a classic case of 
OTAs and why they are so successful at what they do and why we should learn from them. So that article that I wrote, I talked about the major brands, right? I had Marriott, Starwood, not the same. (laughs) I had Hilton, Hyatt, IAG. So I covered the big guys, right? The big boys. I covered all the big brands and wrote about the general decline in their program. And then a week after I posted it, guess who contacted me? It wasn't Hilton. It wasn't Hyatt. It wasn't Starwood. It wasn't IG. It wasn't Marriott. It was Expedia. So I got an email from one of their senior PR people saying, basically emailing me and telling me, Vikram, we read your article. It was really good. We noticed you never get status with any. How about we extend you or give you a demo of our Expedia Gold program? Now, can you believe that? Like this this article did not mention anything about the OTAs. It was strictly hotel brands. I talked about hotels, tracked them down, and and broke it down. Like you know, these are the uh, these are the usual brands that I'm staying with. Here are my favorite hotels, and here's why I never get a status with them. And the points values are not worth it anymore. So, all of that information I put out, no mention of OTAs. <laughs> the only person to reach out to me is Expedia, and that just highlights it further that you know they are on they have their eyes on the prize and that is something that i think we should all get inspired by that look you know this was an article about hotel brands and the head of expedia pr from new york has is basically reaching out to me and saying hey why don't you join our program so i can see what getting back to the question about what do i think of that i think that's a trend and people want the freedom pick their location and still make points. So, you know, offering a lower rate is not working either. So just really highlights that that painful thing that I talked about again. You you can continue to diminish the value of your loyalty programs, but don't think there'll be no impact of that. Other people are waiting. When I say other people, let's say Expedia is ready and and willing to train people, to book with them so they can get the points. And those points could be spent on any hotel in the world, any brand at any time. So you really have real competition. Just because you're the brand, you shouldn't go around thinking you have no competition and loyalists are going to be with you forever. So, you know, that was so interesting that I get this note. And then two days later, I get an email from from Expedia giving me an opportunity to tour the gold program and, and see the benefits. So I have to say hats off to how, how Expedia is 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 monitoring the airways, let's say. So moving on uh, to question number three, which is a very, very important question. What's your favorite word? <laughs> What's your favorite word in the line, I love cupcakes? <laughs> okay, so great, great question. And like I said before, guys, the, the Q&A is open to everybody, all ages. And obviously, there are some young people, there's some youth listening in, sending in these amazing questions, which I will answer. And I think in the line, I love cupcakes, I would have to go with cupcakes because I uh, is great, uh, love is great, but cupcakes are forever. (laughs) You can quote me on that. Cupcakes are forever. So yeah, final answer. Out of the line, I love cupcakes, I love the word cupcakes the most. And uh, Well, with that, I do want to sign off. I will be back next week. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about Seville. I'll talk about Andalusia, the region, what I experienced there, my personal experience staying. And I'm going to 
I switched from the Airbnb to a hotel again, all around the location. And uh, I'll go a little bit into that. With that being said, I'd like to sign off. Don't forget to subscribe and share, people. You're doing a great job, but don't forget. Just make sure you share, you subscribe, get more people to download it, listen to it. The podcast is available on iTunes, where I know a lot of you are listening it on iTunes, on Google Play, or you could just go to my website, wordsofvikram.com forward slash podcast. Thank you so much for the feedback, and don't forget to email me your questions. Questions are very important, so... Don't forget to send your questions. And my email address is vikram at wordsofvikram.com. I answer every email that I get. So do not hesitate to send me your questions. Now, if you are interested in my articles, please go ahead and check out wordsofvikram.com. There are lots of long form strategy and implementation and from revenue management to analytics, everything is there. Go ahead and soak up some good content And you can also follow me on Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter. My handle is at Words of Vikram. Stay woke, stay classy, and don't get stuck in goo. And I will see you next week. Thank you.